0: hey everyone this is arnold with warm welcome welcome back to another episode of weekly welcome where we welcome in asian american chef owners restaurateurs currently we're covering people in los angeles and today we have leo lee he is the co-owner and chef of rice box and rice box is located in downtown l.a they do amazing cantonese style barbecue and lunch boxes hence the name rice box terrific food. Uh, I crave it a lot, honestly, from time to time. And Leo's become a really good friend of mine as well over the the years that I've been here. And just really excited to get to kind of chat with him, I think, um, you know, when you're in this industry. And I've been lucky enough to call a lot of these people that I interview friends. Um, I don't really spend a lot of one-on-one time with them, getting to know them on a personal level. So these podcasts have been uh, a wonderful way for me to get to know them better and hopefully uh, for the listeners out there, too, you get to know the stories behind the restaurant, too. Like I think that's that's the key takeaways, hopefully, that you get from these episodes. But um, without further ado, we have Leo Lee from Rice Box in downtown LA in Los Angeles. The, the biggest thing I want to start with, because this is so interesting, I think you're the first person that I know, born and raised in Mexicali, is that how you pronounce yeah. it? that's crazy man like were there a lot of Asians growing up like what what was it what was it like growing up in Mexico like that it was hard
1: yeah I'll I'll be honest it was so hard um was there a lot of Asian no um the whole school there was about like 20 Asians in the whole school Mm. and there was about maybe five or six in my class yeah so in general um the community is really small everyone knew everybody uh so no matter what you did people talked So you could just kind of have to like really be like on top of your game and people always compare to each other. So it wasn't, it was an easy thing, you know, Uh, being in a Hispanic community, you know, there's always things that, you know, you stood out just because you were Asian, no matter where you went, you just stood out. So it was, it was, it was tough growing up. Um, I had a hard time finding myself.
0: Mm. And then did you basically live your whole life like growing up in Mexico? How did you get out of
1: there? I did. So, when I was growing up down there, um, I moved back and forth a little bit in between, like when I was like six to 8 years old, 69 years old. I moved to LA for a little bit, then my family moved back to Mexico. And, majority of the time, I, I, I consider myself, you know, I kind of just got raised and born in Mexicali. Um, I didn't really leave Mexicali till I was, till I graduated, till I graduated high school. Mm. I, I, I left, I left when I was, uh, after I graduated high school, uh, that's when I decided, okay, low well, time to go to college and everything and see what to right, do. Right, right, so, right, So, uh, moved up to LA, uh, with my sister and then, um, went to community college here for a couple of years and just kind of did the typical thing, just kind of see where I was going. But it was such a, in a way of saying it was kind of culture shock for me because, I was so used to a small town where, you know, like I said, there was like 20 Asians in my school, right? Now I'm, I, I finally like, you know, I'm older, I'm 18, I'm in LA, you know, it's different now. All of a sudden it's like, wait, wait there's Mario Park where it's like, well, majority is Asians. Mm. So it was very different for me then. So when I, once I moved to LA, things just kind of really changed for me and how I saw things and how I acted.
0: Yeah. And, and before we get to LA and I know you went to CIA and all that, but. I actually read that you grew up in a family-owned restaurant, Chinese restaurant, and yes. that was in Mexico?
1: Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. So um, my family owned a restaurant in Mexicali, and it was actually one of the biggest one down there they it held like a thousand people. It could hold up oh, to a wow. thousand people. I so remember- those ban- Is it like a banquet? Kind no, of? it was a restaurant, but what happened is a lot of people would hold, they, they built it big because there was always these banquets and, and weddings and yeah. quinceañeras, everything. People- quinceañeras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so everyone always had these like gatherings and parties at the restaurants and everything. So my family was really big and involved in it. They really opened the restaurant and they just, that's what they did. And Part of the conversation is, I want to say, it's like, you know, we they, they, they tell people like, oh, you know what, we opened it. Why did you open a restaurant? Well, because that's what we know how to do. That's what we, we like to do. But I know that in truth, the reason they opened a Chinese restaurant in Mexico was because that was the only place they felt comfortable. That's the mm. only place that they could be themselves. Um, they could speak their language freely and, and talk about their culture without prejudice or judgment from anyone. It, it, was a, it was a safe place for them. So... That's the thing is, once they did that, like uh, all people started doing that too. And, you know, based off needs and everything, but I know that my family did it was because, you know, it was our own safe place that they, they, they felt comfortable
0: being in. Yeah. So was is it safe to say it was your first job in obviously the family-owned restaurant? <laughs> yeah. And what was like the first position?
1: I, my first position was a dishwasher. Dude, this is so crazy. Dishwasher.
0: This has been like the theme. I kid you not. Like literally you, two in, mm-hmm. And then just before you, we had Sidekai Ramen Bar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, the chef. Yeah, yeah. Dishwasher. Yep. Me, dishwasher. Yep. Crazy.
1: Yeah. The thing is, I, think, I don't know how how old, how old did you start.
0: I started when I was sixteen. Okay, 16, I was twelve. 16. Oh wow, was, you probably <coughs> had the record for that. I was twelve. Probably probably oh, is, this also that. Mexicali. That's true.
1: So there was no, no real. Greatest
0: twelve years old. Like what is what is that middle school?
1: Yeah, I think like I think it was like sixth or seventh grade. That's like, crazy. I, I don't I don't remember, but they all just dropped me in there. They're like, hey, go work. I was like, why. <laughs> I, I I literally was like, why? <laughs> and even as I grew older and everything, I so it started with the dishwasher. Then I became a busboy, and then yeah. a server, and then a cook. But what happened is, no matter what I did, I was like, okay. So I think, I think later on, I, I found a job at a comic book store. I found a job at a comic, comic, comic book store. store. Yeah, I was like 16. I was like so excited. My family wanted me to work, and I was like, cool. I found I found a job. The guy was like willing to hire me to do whatever I needed to do, and I was so excited because I was in a comic book store, you know, for a 16 year old. But then my my family made me quit. They didn't uh, it didn't matter. They, did they need help at the restaurant? No. They just wanted <laughs> They just wanted to keep an eye on me. I was like, I was like, I was so upset. I was like, oh my God. It was something that I felt that like I, I still think back about it. I was like, all oh, right, fine, whatever. So it's very short-lived. It was short-lived, but it was something that I was like very excited about, but it was
0: gone. Yeah. Um that's crazy, man. And so you worked in the family restaurant. And then did you like fall in love with cooking at all at, at some point during this time or not really?
1: So I hated the restaurant business because I was forced into it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I didn't want to wash dishes. I didn't want to wash cups. I didn't want to bust tables. But you know what? Okay, fine. Once I got into, you know, I moved my, worked my way up to server. I was like, okay, at least I'm making extra money now. But later on, I was telling myself, I was like, hey, um, I want to cook. You know, I did everything, a little bit of everything already. Now I want to cook. I, I want to I learn what's going on in the back. And they were kind of like, uh, sure. So my first kitchen job Was prepping, of course, you know, peeling uh, potatoes, peeling broccolis, everything, just kind of prepping, prepping, prepping. But then, like, I always stood there and looked at the walks, of like, well, I want to cook. I don't want to prep. I want to cook. Of course. And that's what that's to me. That was the fun part and everything. Um, So eventually, I was like, I got to moved up to the deep frying station and then the fried rice station. So I was doing fried rice and deep frying. That was my that was my station at the restaurant for the longest time. And then eventually moved over to walks and cooking the regular dishes. But the that I love it. I think what I want to say is I'll be honest. I don't think I loved it. I think I felt comfortable. I I knew I was, I was comfortable in right. this environment. I mm-hmm. knew it was something that kept me going and happy. And it just, it was, I was in my zone. Um, it was confusing time in those moments because you know, your parents are telling you to go be a doctor, be a lawyer, do anything that you want to do. You know, they, they, they immigrated to Mexico, hoping to give me a better chance of doing whatever it is. And now that I'm going to school in the U.S., my cousins, my sisters, everyone else is like going to like colleges, UC, and they're like, Hey, go do something. And I was like, well, I don't want to do something, I don't know what I want to do. So eventually, I was like, Okay, fine. And once I graduated from high school, I was like, Okay, fine, I'm gonna go to community college, see where it goes, see, where it I takes see. me. So, um, I think it wasn't until I went to community college where I, I, I actually gave it a shot going to school mm. that I realized that. I don't like doing anything. I don't want to be in an office. I don't want to be... I don't know. It was just like... It was something <laughs> that... It was It was telling me that this is not what I want to do. I don't want to do computer science. I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to be a doctor. I, there's nothing. And then when I looked truly to myself, I was like, what do I want to do? I was like, well, I want to cook. Oh, wow. I want to cook. And there's a personal story. There's a personal story too, is that on my 21st birthday... I don't know if I told you this. On my 21st birthday, my my grandma got really sick and I was in LA, I wasn't doing much, but she was got sick. So I had to go back to, uh, it was Calexico. She was in a hospital, we were there. And then she kind of asked me, so how how are you doing? She asked me that question while she was in hospital bed. And I said, uh, "How?" she asked me, how's school? Right. And I said, good. And I knew it was far from being good. Like yeah. I was like three years, I got like six units. That It was that bad. Wow. I literally didn't do anything. So uh, I said good to her. and that was on my birthday and then that night she passed away wow so she passed away on my birthday and the last thing I told her was uh, yeah on my 21st birthday and she told me and she told me that um she asked me a question I I I, in a way saying, I lied to her I said I was doing good in school which I wasn't and after that I just didn't care anymore meaning that um uh, before when I told my family that I'm gonna go to culinary school they were like no 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 don't do it don't do it now I was like whatever I'm just gonna go uh Culinary school wasn't popular back then. This was like, I really don't remember, 2002? two, two thousand early. Yeah, so it wasn't as popular. It's before Food Network and all Correct. that. Correct. It wasn't yeah. all that. You know, we heard about it, but we never really understood it. But it was that time I was like, hey, um, I, I I brought up to my family. And family's like, no, no, no. But then once my grand passed away and I knew that I needed to do something, I was like, I just told myself, I was like, I'm just going to go. Regardless of their support or not, which I didn't get. Uh, I was like, okay, financial aid, whatever, uh, loans, student loans, everything, I'm just going to go. And I chose CIA, the furthest one possible. <laughs> I was like, I n- listen, I was 18, 19, 20, and I always stayed in my comfort zone. I stayed in Mexico. I stayed That's in LA, LA. I stayed with family. You know, people like, you know, even though I was 18, 19, 20, I was living with my sister. People were taking care of me. I had family members. So, you know, I didn't really know how to take care of myself truly yet. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have real responsibility, but- Taking off to New York was something that, like, it was something that you just had to do and you just had to experience. Like, I I just didn't care what I was going to, what's going to happen over there and what I'm going to experience or what I'm going to see. But all I know was, you know, I'm just going to go and and, and make this work. Because I felt like if I stayed in L.A., stayed around the area, just going to college, school around the area, I think it would have just been too distracting. Yeah. Which I think it was the best decision
0: I ever made for myself. Wow. And this has been like a really hot topic lately, but is cooking school worth it? I think
1: I want to say is it all depends yourself on you. I I know it's kind of like, it's not a straight up yes or no answer. If you ask me yes or no, of course I'm going to say yes, because that's where I came from. But I honestly believe it's all about yourself and how you see it. Mm. If you have a mentality of like, okay, I'm going to go to cooking school. I'm going to graduate and I'm set for life. I think that's the wrong approach. You know, even if you graduate from the best colleges and everything, even if you have the degree, it doesn't mean automatically you're going to be set for life. You still have to work. You and gotta get, work for it. Correct. You still have to gain the experience. But the truth is that if you don't go to school for it, you either have to find experience and learn somehow. So, of course, you could learn on the job or you could go to culinary school. I think it is worth it is because it gives you a thorough teaching and understanding of what culinary means and what it does. Versus let's say if I go to a restaurant and I work there, I learn every position and I work up the line and I become executive chef. But your experience and exposure is only within that restaurant. So meaning that whatever you learn is still staying within that restaurant and you're not being exposed or being taught by different chefs and, 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 and you're not interacting with other uh, students to learn more and find more about yourself. you know, Because, By going to culinary school, I think it helps you really establish and try to understand what you yourself is. So like when you go there, like I said, you can't just expect that I'm going to graduate and I'm going to be executive chef. You graduate, you find yourself and you make friends and you understand that, okay, you know what? I love French cooking. I love Italian. I love European. I love Asian. Whatever it is, you will find your niche and you'll find your like passion. And then I think that's where you kind of discover yourself more than just saying, hey, I love cooking. Yeah, but what do you want to do? Just cooking and working day in, day out. You're just going to burn yourself out. I think culinary school does help you find that purpose. So at the end of the day, you may not like it. This may not be for you. But at least you know what? You went to culinary school and it kind of gave you an insight of what it is and you have an understanding of what you're getting yourself into. And then I guess there you go. You have your answer for yourself. So yeah, I think it is worth it as long as you have the right mentality and how to approach it and how you what you get out of it
0: that's a fair answer that's a very thoughtful answer. um fast oh. forward you went to miami too right i
1: went to miami but oh but yeah. because of the reason i say that is the reason i was able to answer that is because i actually taught culinary school for two years oh that's right that's right yeah so that's I, why you have that answer. correct you so it I, down to the t yeah so i that's went right. through it i went through the whole program of, of learning in cia but then <coughs> afterward i taught it so i kind of like when I look at students, I, I, you know, some people ask me and I, I always want to say certain things and I'm like, okay, you want to, I'll give you my advice and everything. And I just want you guys to understand that. you Just have to still work for it. When did you, when did you teach? When,
0: oh. Was this in LA? Yeah, it was in LA. Okay, it was okay. in
1: Santa Ana at the art Institute.
0: Got it, got it, got it, yeah. got it. So this was after like Miami and I'm working in a few restaurants in LA. Correct, correct, correct. Okay. And then right before you open Rice Box, just so I have my timeline together. Yeah, before Rice Box is Patina or Levee's? Levy's. Levy's. Levy's? That was right before Rice Box. Correct. Okay. Maybe we could talk a little bit about that group because I know it's a really, really big company, right? In yes. terms of just the, the pulse that they have on stadiums and event <laughs> venues and this and that. So
1: that actually ties back to my days in Compass Group. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, in Miami. So when I went, to, when after I graduated from CIA, um, I always had this ambition. Like I always wanted to know more and do more. I knew being in the kitchen alone wasn't enough for me. So I went to Miami to get my bachelor in uh, hospitality management at Florida International University. So when I was there, um, I got connected with Compass Group. Compass Group is the parent of the parent company of Levy's restaurant. Oh, okay. They are like the biggest uh, food industry service provider in the world. Um, they do a lot of stadiums, yep. uh, hospitals, schools, universities. Mm-hmm businesses, you know, just that's what they do. So when I was there, I was working with them while I was going to school. I was working at the – I forgot what it's called, but it was a stadium at Miami, Yep, Miami Heats. So I was working there, and I was working with them, and I also worked on the college campuses. So I was working in a lot of positions. I was working with them, and I was understanding what Compass Group is. And I was like, okay, this is what it is. And upon graduating, they actually – offered me a signed non-bonus to stay with them oh wow because i they knew i was going to move back once i once i graduated um i they i told them that i'm going to move back to la because <clears throat> i've been gone for a while so they they offered me i think it was like seven thousand to stay on so i was very tempted to stay on you know for i don't know i was like 24 25 year old sign-on bonus wasn't bad. I was kind of, you know, I I knew my way around Miami. I had a place to stay and everything. So I was like, this is not a bad idea if I stay here. (laughs) But I've been gone for so long that I was just like, no, you know what? I just need to come home. So that was my first experience with Compass Group. Um, Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Then later on, uh, I worked my way through different businesses and restaurants and everything. I eventually became the director of operations for Levy Restaurants for Mm -hmm. one of their properties. Mm -hmm. And it was a major step up from where, you know, from working as a line cook, from a dishwasher, you know, everything I was like, you know, now I'm a director of operations for them. So it was a very uh, different position. You know, I'm more, how do I say this? It was more strategic, Mm. analytic, thought process then versus actual, like correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, it wasn't all about the day ins and day out of, of the operation. It's more about the numbers, the future. Everything else. Correct. Mm-hmm. It was something, so I, I was with them for about four years, four or five years. Wow. Okay. So I was, I was, I did definitely learn a lot from them and it helped me grow as a person even more.
0: Awesome. And, and now to bring it up to speed, you have this amazing restaurant, Rice Box, which I love personally. I try to get out there as much as I can. Tell me a little bit about just like the name, uh, how you came up with the name, origin story, the space. Like I want to hear all about it, how that all came together.
1: So Rice Box is something that me and my wife created. So my wife's family used to own a few Cantonese barbecue restaurants in Hong Kong uh unfortunately they closed it all down because their grandpa passed away Shortly after grandpa passed away they closed it all down yeah and the family moved forward with everything that they're doing uh an uncle of them kept it going over there in asia but in general you know it's it's at least you know closed down so what happened was that i always knew their family kind of uh i knew about their family history i knew about what they had but when me and lydia was dating um I always love Cantonese barbecue. I always love it and I always buy it. You know, it's you know. It's, here's a funny thing is this, when I went to culinary school and when I went to work for other restaurants, they weren't teaching me how to cook Chinese food. They weren't teaching me how-
0: Right, so French or Correct.
1: Chinese. They weren't teaching me how to do Cantonese barbecue. So it was something that I never really touched upon, but it was something that I always wanted to know and learn about more. So it wasn't until me and Lydia um, got engaged, that I felt comfortable enough to ask her like, hey, so, Uh, you know, you guys have this barbecue restaurant in Hong Kong. Can you share the recipe with me? You know, I'm sure if I asked them back then, they would have said, okay, but I just felt like, you know what? This is your family thing. Like this you respected it. Yeah, respected yeah. it. like, you know, I'm not going to dig into your past, dig into yeah. your family. Like, you now now that we're engaged, give now you Let me Let me try it out. And once she gave it, she, once she got it from the family, it, it was hard to get it because it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to email you a copy of the recipe. Right, right,
0: right. You know, these a are- A little what, bit of this, a little bit of that. I yeah, so
1: yeah, the uncle was like, okay, well, the dad and uncle was like, yeah, this is what the recipe is. And like, you have to like, how much- or a dash of this, or like, what's a dash? What's a this? And So it it was a little bit, like, it was tricky about it, but we we, we figured it out. And then um, once I made it, I was like, hey, this is really damn good. We need to do something about it. And Uh. I think that's when it clicked between me and her. I was like, you know what? I spent so much time cooking and doing other people's, you know, I was making other people's food. We never really, like, highlighted our own culture and our own food and everything. And after having her family's recipe, I was like, no, this is something that we need to keep alive for your, your family um so it was that's that's kind of where it started and let's rewind sorry rewind back a little bit is because when I was going to culinary school my ambition back then was okay you know what I'm going to graduate here I'm going to go back to Mexicali, and I'm going to take care of my family restaurant but the funny thing is oh. while I was that's the, that was the idea you know what like I have that's a goal re- that was a goal like I have a restaurant ready set up for me so I could just go home and and and, and you know utilize what I've learned at CIA make and it apply, make it yeah. better whatever make it work but the funny thing is a year, not even, I think honestly, like eight months into my school, they tell me that, oh yeah, we're closing the restaurant. <laughs> I was like, what? After all these years, you guys are closing that? Yeah, we're just going to close it. And I was like, okay, I guess. Wow, that's so I, I guess that, that's it for what I was planning to do. I guess, yeah, I guess I still have to go figure it out myself then after oh, I graduate. Wow. Okay, fine. I guess that's also part of when I was like, you know what? Uh, since I'm not going back to Mexico for the restaurant, I guess I should continue my education and went to uh, Florida, Miami. Oh, okay. so so that's a part of me always felt like okay well my family closed around restaurant because you know things were changing things were working whatever they did and then i found out that you know they they closed their restaurant because the grandpa passed away so i was like well you know what let's let's do something let's try and figure this out maybe see if we can make this thing happen and during that time we're like okay well rice box in chinese means you know it's it's a very really generic term it means like lunch box, and no matter what you do it's like hey um did you bring your rice box to work? Did you bring oh, your lunch box? Like, oh, I'll just pack a rice box. I'll just pack a... It's, it's it, the same term meaning it's like, it's the same as I'm going to pack a lunch. Like a lunch, yeah. Correct. yeah, 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 yeah. So in a way, it, that's what we're trying to do is like, you know what? In in Cantonese in Barbecue, it's always in a rice and a box always. That's what it is. It's takeout and everything. So we want to just kind of have something that's catchy. It's kind of like uh, stay true to what our family, you know, our mm. heritage and everything. So it just made sense that that's what we want to call it. Um... And then, just kind of work from there. And it, it, I
0: think, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, Cantonese barbecue. First of all, it's awesome, but I still feel like it's not as like mainstream as like Korean barbecue, for example. So for people that ask you, like, hey, what is Cantonese barbecue? How do you usually like describe it?
1: That is that. Yeah,
0: here's another thing too. Yeah,
1: Cantonese barbecue is actually very uncommon. Correct, uh, Korean barbecue, even Japanese barbecue. Yeah, of course. People, yeah. people people recognize that, understand that. So. We knew that we had an uphill battle. We knew that it was something that people may not understand, but at the same time was, it's something that we need to keep alive. So I mentioned back then that our family, like my family opened uh, the restaurant Mexicali because it was, some, it was a place for them to be comfortable in, you know, something, a place for them to feel safe and, and, and just not be like a judge. We opened Rice Box in downtown LA because we want to highlight our culture. right? We want to highlight culture we want to talk about it we want to share our story we want people to know what Cantonese barbecue is we wanted people to know what we are about and not just we're not we weren't trying to create a safe space we were trying to create a place where we could create conversation and that people know what uh there's more to food to chinese food than what you see out there there's also Cantonese barbecue I love it. people didn't know what it is and i think people still ask us that question which is fine which is great because you know what i'm more than happy to explain to you and teach you and let you you know, understand what
0: we're cooking here. Mm-hmm. So, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> to put you on the spot. So, okay, uh,
1: like Korean barbecue. Sure. Uh, it's all about so Korean barbecue is grilling. It's grilling, sure. barbecue. so so it's direct heat. Yes, direct heat, quick cooking, slices. Yep. You know, it that's 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 uh, Korean barbecue. Cantonese barbecue is indirect heat. Mm. whole piece of meat, mm. slow roasting, yeah, deep marination. Very laborious. So so it's it, it's that kind of thing. It's like the Slow diff, cooking, right? Slow cooking. It's slow cooking, it's um heavy marination mm. and then it's cooked and then sliced. So versus um Japanese or, or Korean, it, it's more thinly smaller cuts and mm. it's cooked directly overheat, mm-hmm. uh in direct heat, whether it's on the grill or over charcoal, and then it that's served. So I think you Serve it with sauces versus Cantonese barbecue is more about the marination and the slow, long cooking.
0: Yep. Okay, got it. And then right now, which things do you have on the menu that are, fall underneath like the Cantonese barbecue category, whether it's chashu or what what other um, items you have currently?
1: Majority of it, yeah, it is like definitely the chashu. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the it's iconic one, right? Yeah, chashu is the dish that that started rice box. That's the that's the recipe that I asked uh, Lydia's after, family. Engaged. Yeah, after that's the recipe I asked because I love chashu. And that's the recipe I asked them. And that's the one that kind of started rice box. So, chassi for sure, um, or, cereal, or parquet of steel yoke, and then duck. Duck is amazing. Yeah, roasted duck. So, a lot of items, yeah, it is It is what we do.
0: Yeah. When you first opened, why did you decide like downtown LA? Like, what, was it because of, I, I feel like, I kind of know the answer, but I'm assuming because it's like the lunch concept. Was that- so,
1: the when we named the place Rice Box, like we said, it's like about, You know, grabbing lunch. It's a takeout and everything. We chose a very small location. It's only 500 square foot. It it was empty box. Mm. It was empty box. But through my experience, through uh, working in the I knew what I needed to do and how to make it work. And most people, when they see 500 square foot, they're like, what are you going to do here? I remember everyone was asking, like, where are you going to store your stuff? Where are you going to do this (laughs) and that? But because it was a blank state, I could do whatever I need to. I did the layout. So I kind of had an idea how to build it out where, you know what? Yeah. My focus was to do the lunch crowd is to do the grab and goes and everything. So we didn't need too much seating. We knew how to lay it out. So people just come grab their food and just kind of make it work. And it was a testing ground for me to see if people would accept it. You know, yeah, it's something that I was able to, you know, understand was manageable. I didn't want to, Build it too big because I didn't want too much uh, burden or overhead, you know, because at the end, I don't know if this is going to be successful or not. Of course, we all hope to be, you know, our goal is to be successful. But you know what? At, at least, you know what? I need to be manageable and I need to understand if I'm able to do it. So it, it, it that's kind of the way I, I saw I saw potential. I small, saw a small space, wanted to do the lunch crowd, and I knew I could do it. So that's kind of how it came about.
0: Yeah. You opened in September? Anything? September 2018, Yeah. yeah. It's crazy because I still feel like Mm. if not one or one of the few like Cantonese spots, maybe like west of SGV Alhambra, correct? Yes. That's crazy to me. And you're probably the only Cantonese spot in like downtown LA. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in downtown LA, that's the thing
1: is like we wanted to put ourselves out there. We, we wanted to make sure that we were out of our comfort zone. Right. It's easy for us to open in San Gabriel Valley and and be like, hey, people know exactly who we are. There's no education. Correct. No people and we'll be fine. But the thing is. That's not the purpose. You know, we want to grow the business. We want people to understand what Canteen's Barbecue is and what uh, Lydia's family went through and what we went through to to do this. So it's like, we want to start a conversation. We wanted people to know who we are. And so we
0: chose outside of our comfort zone mm-hmm. to make sure. Yeah, now that makes a lot of sense. So how was like opening reception? Like, did, did people get it right away? Or obviously it took some time to educate them what this was. Like, how was your first year? Because- before we even get to COVID, you had one full year in 20, 2019, kind of like operating without what we're going through right now. Like, what was that like when you first opened?
1: Surpri- I want to say surprisingly, is because we we opened outside of our comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. But our comfort zone came to us, meaning that there was a lot of Asians. Oh, then came to see you? Came to see oh, us. Okay. So to our surprise, we thought we were just going to do the lunch crowd. Mm. But- to our surprise, we captured a lot of our, our our home audience, people who actually did not need any explaining. They knew exactly what it is, and they sought after us. They went to us and came to us and supported us, which was great, which that was very exciting news to us. So aside from the current lunch crowd, people uh, that was working downtown, we had an abundance of people that was coming from Irvine, um, from the valley, yeah. just and Marty Park, rolling Heights. That's let you get a lot of correct. Control, right? Yeah, people just coming to us and just wanting our food. So it was a great experience. I think uh looking back, there was so much potential. There were like the trajectory we were, our catering business was growing. We were looking to expand immediately in 2019. We we're ready to take over another spot to, uh, to further our catering business. So. There was a lot that was going on. You had your kid too, right? Twenty nineteen. No, twenty nineteen. Not yet.
0: Okay. To, it was twenty twenty. It was twenty twenty.
1: Twenty nineteen. Here's the thing. Is because the business was actually getting somewhere. Yeah. The business was actually like you know where we see where it was going and where it's going to be. So twenty nineteen was a was a lot of what. To be honest, it was a lot of learning curves. We you know there was a lot of stuff to to learn and understand about the business, but it was very, very successful for us so we were like okay we're getting there. we're getting mm. we know exactly what we're doing so we're like okay you know what we know what the how the business is and we're ready for family we're ready for the next step uh, that's the thing it's like we're also talked about that we need a, we're gonna have a family eventually but we weren't sure when the timing the timing but then once we saw where rice box was heading towards we're like you know what we're comfortable enough we know what we're getting ourselves into we know what you know what? if 2019 this is what it was we know what's gonna happen that's in 20, 20, yeah, yeah, we, yeah i know 2020, it's going to we'll be a, two babies gonna, you know it'll be fine we know exactly what's gonna happen it'll be
0: great yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Okay. Now we know.
0: <laughs> I mean, this this is tough because you technically opened to serve, I'm sure the offices in downtown, oh, yeah. like that, I'm sure that was like a big thing for you. So just walk me through what that was <laughs> like when everybody didn't come to work anymore. <laughs> so
1: here's the thing. I actually noticed a dip in January, oh, really? February, as early as January. Yeah, that's when you know that's when words started yeah, going around, it's true, it's true. and people started. China Asia. As- yeah, people started associating Chinese food with it <sighs> yeah, and everything. Yeah, so yeah. I noticed a dip in sale and I was telling myself that maybe it's just the holidays. You know, I noticed that it was like because generally
0: it's historically slow. Correct. Yeah. It was
1: historically slow, but it was historically extra slow. <laughs> like, I was like looking back 2019. I was like, this is not. This yeah. doesn't look right. Um, I I remember. Okay, so by this time Lydia's pregnant. Yes is pregnant we are yep. we're expecting in may we're expecting may, may 2020 may 2020 wow, okay. so in march when everything was happening um i what was the day was it Mar- march 16 when they closed down everything i think it was i it was, think it was it was well, march 16 yeah, right definitely. yeah i remember that day yeah it was it's, it's like it's like it's so ingrained, it's ingrained in my head like, yeah right? like march 16 was like okay that was the day like okay no more yeah so that monday i remember going in so each day I go in to do my prep. I go in there like four or five in the morning to do my prep, make my bows. You everything. still do that? I still do that. But that that day was extremely difficult because when I went in there, I was like, what's what am I making? Because I know that <laughs> everything is shut down. People might serve it. Yeah, I don't I don't like I I know I don't know how dead it's gonna be, but I knew things were changing because there was a lockdown. So I was like, what am I doing? Like, how much food am I supposed to make? What am I making? So I remember looking at it and I was telling myself and I was like, wow, what am I doing here? Like, I don't know what is happening here. I don't know who I'm cooking for or what Mm. happened. So my first week, I think I'm comfortable enough to say this now is that the first week there when I was making bows, I actually was crying.
0: Oh, I bet you were. I was like,
1: I was like scared out of my mind because like I'm having a baby on the way. Correct. I had a baby on the way in like two months. And then there's nobody coming in the restaurant there was like no one coming in and i was like wow but what am i supposed to do am i supposed to stop making my food yeah. and how much i was supposed to make and it was time when i was like making the bows and i was like tearing up and i was like okay oh, i'm gonna stop man. and then yeah, i was just continue on just powered through it but then obviously I, you know i just wiped myself, you know just we just gathered myself again and just kept on pushing through it so the first two weeks of March was extremely difficult because I didn't know how to handle it. And I had to stay strong for Lydia. She was at home. She was at home resting, you know. Of, so, of
0: course,
1: she's due soon. <laughs> she's due soon. So I was like, okay, but I could never show it, nor could, of I, course, of nor could I talk to her Try about it. Trying to get a good husband. Because yeah. I didn't want to freak her out because, you know, it's not going to help the situation. No, of course. Of course. <laughs> you know, so I just had to deal with it and deal with it. And then, yeah. fortunate for us... Um, there's social media. Mm. So because everything was locked down, um, people started wanting our food still. Yeah, And they're like, oh, do you just offer delivery? Uh, and we did. We had all the apps. Fortunate for us was that we had all the delivery apps already.
0: Set up already. Set up. That's good. That's good. So
1: even though there was a media shutdown, we didn't have to rush and do anything to get that up and going. Yeah. But the problem is that people outside of downtown weren't getting our food. Because the radius, the correct. Radius. The radius wasn't there. So if you're in Marnie Park, if you're in Too far. West LA, anything, you cannot get our food. So that's when me and Lydia was like, "Hey, let's deliver ourselves." Wow. And we made a decision not to fire our, or not fire, lay off, or do anything to our staff. You kept them on. We kept them on because wow. everything was changed. Everything was shut down. Everything. Everyone was losing their jobs. Everyone left and right. And I was like, "Well, if I cut them, they're going to be in the same situation. What's going to happen?" You know what i'm just gonna keep them out because i want to make sure they're taken care of mm-hmm. um and i will just figure it out later on so but because there was no customers coming in but i had a full team and me and lydia had nothing else to do we was like why don't we just deliver ourselves and the first week we we're like okay let's put it up there let's see what happens the reception was crazy people wanted it and we had to figure it out and Divide into like sections like the yeah, city did you even
0: coordinate that that's kind of crazy.
1: It's really crazy It's like that people will tell us. Okay, so we will say okay. We're gonna deliver No, it was like, like West LA oh, okay. West LA we only have like one we'll tell them that we'll get there when we get there because <laughs> we had no idea how long it'll take But fortunately there was no traffic. There was literally no traffic No matter where it? you went it was like 10 to 15 minute drive on the 10 freeway or the 405. It was like crazy so first time we were just like trying to figure it out we were mapping things and we didn't know how much we would take so we're just taking these and then I would we would generalize West LA and and people just give us their addresses and then I just need to route it okay so these people live towards Santa Monica and these people <laughs> live towards the Grove. so we would section them off where I would go to the Grove first drop off my section and then come back to rice box pick up the next section and would go back to do the other routes.
0: Oh, so you came back to rice box and then did a second round. Correct. Oh, because wow. I,
1: in the beginning, I didn't know how to, how we were just, we'll yeah, we were that. just learning everything. And um, in the beginning, also like me and Lydia used to do that. She'd be in the car, we would drop it off, ring the doorbell, wave to them. Wow. And we just like, you know what? We're just, uh, you know, a, uh, a couple of,
0: and she was still like
1: yeah she was pregnant. She, wow. was pregnant she was pregnant she was pregnant she was just there like just waving to the customers saying us just saying thank you to hey, people my baby's coming <laughs> He was just like you know you're supporting <laughs> us we just want to say thank you you know? support this baby Yeah <laughs> That's so crazy It man. was it was it was crazy it was, it was it was it was interesting like so we we were doing it for like four four to wow. five days a week
0: How long did you do this delivery thing for So
1: we started in April until July. That's crazy. So you had your baby during this duration. So we continued doing it, and Lydia was okay. She did not want to stay home. She did not want to stay home during this whole time. She's like, you know what? I need to help out. I need to do something. Yeah. Yeah. So up to the day, so the baby was born on Saturday, like like Saturday. Saturday, Friday, she was still at Rice Box. Like the day before. Yeah. (laughs) Our friend Ariel. Ariel. Yeah, she came by and she took a picture of Lydia. She's like, "Hey, waving to her, to, to her and everything." That was, Friday. That was a Friday, and then next day, and that that night, she went to labor. Um, there's a story about that. Is that when she went to labor, she came, she she woke me up at twelve, so I'm like, "Hey, hey, Leo, uh, the baby's due." We're like, "Okay, okay, fine." It's twelve a.m., and I was like, I took her to 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 the hospital. It was like five minutes away, and then the doctor was like, "Oh, it's not ready yet. You know what? You could wait here while your husband's waiting in the waiting room." Or you could go home and wait. Well, obviously it, it was during COVID time. We're like, you know what? We're going to go home and wait, mm. you know? So we drove back home for five minutes and everything. And she's just like, you know, she's in pain. And I'm like watching her and everything. And I had no idea what to do. And it was like 2 a.m. And she's like, and I was like, um, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. Well, I have like a hundred bows to make. <laughs> uh, like these people who order food for Saturday, uh, I'm just going to run to rice box. And I'll come right back. At that time, you know, looking back, uh, yeah, that wasn't a good idea. And to her, she was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And she wasn't thinking, I wasn't thinking. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, you know what, I'm just gonna, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'll take care of it, okay, okay. But I, so I went to Rice Box in the morning. I, I did my vows and did what I had to. Because here's the thing, 100%, if I told every customer like, hey, we don't have your food because my, I'm, no uh, I'm a baby, no one was gonna, course, no be one's upset. be upset. We will just refund or whatever, we'll figure it out. But the thing is, like, I think I was just too busy. We were just like, I don't know what what we we're thinking. But I went back, made bows, and then like she would call me at five a.m. Like, hey, come back. So that I delivered the baby. Yeah, like so I rushed back home. had okay, okay, deliveries that day. Yeah, so I I did what I needed to do and went went back went back home. Took her into the hospital and then the baby was due, uh, was born. The moment she was born, the baby was born. She's back on her phone. Uh, we're oh apologizing to the customers like hey sorry we're not gonna have your food when do you want it when do you do whatever but she's
0: coordinating as soon as she had the baby yeah the
1: baby is like she's just yeah. like back on her phone and we're <laughs> just right there back at it because you know we want to make sure like the customers like we're talking great. to them and yeah. we, we make sure everything was going on so up to that up till up to may she was with me delivering but then after may i started doing delivery myself and it wasn't until i think it was to the summer when things kind of like um line up when things started, people started like uh, going we're back out more. again, yeah, like yeah, things yeah. are changing. So we started doing less and less, but we still, you know, as as it went on, we still continued to do. So it used to be like five, four to five days a week. Then it became three days a week. And then towards like November of 2020, I think we were doing like twice a week yeah. and stuff like that. But it was something that kept us going and kept us like alive and gave us like a an energy that, you know what? it's not that's not it for us we just you know even things are changing downtown it kind of reminded us of how much people loved our food and how much people want to support us so it just it helped a lot to be honest
0: that that saved rice box yeah wow and i'm glad you thought of that too to deliver outside of the neighborhood and get to people's homes i think that was a really good call i think yeah it it is
1: it is really you know what yeah that's something that it was something that we just thought of but the thing is this how many people was gonna do that and Drive around LA. No, oh, exactly, A it's, lunatic it, it is. And then like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it, and then when we just like going to Orange County, Irvine, crazy, it right? was just like, oh my god, this Orange County is so much bigger than West LA. Yeah. <laughs> like um, these addresses are like 15 minutes <laughs> from each other. And I was like, oh my god, okay, okay, okay. And then I can't make any multiple trips. But we just we learned we we learned how to cap it. We learned like certain cities. Like, okay, this area code, this zip code. You know, there's wow. certain things like we knew where to go. And like, okay, no, this is too far. That's too. Uh, that's out of the way. So we, we we've learned to adapt, but yeah. it,
0: it worked out. Yeah. Well, I'm glad your guys are still here because <laughs> I moved here like October 2020. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys stuckers yes. <laughs> try you. Um, but hey, I, right now we're recording February 2022. I know you had a crazy Lunar New Year. Oh yes. Is it like this usually? You just have a crazy Lunar New Year prep.
1: Yes. Yes. So Lunar New Year's, you know, for Chinese, you know, for Chinese restaurant, it's always very very busy. Rewind back to 2019. It was one of our busiest days. Busiest days yeah, yeah for, for Chinese New Year's, it's extremely busy. The, the downtown people working, people taking, catering, mm. it was very busy for us for, for Chinese New Year's. It's always been like that. Yeah. Um, 2020, 2020 was also very busy. 2020 was also very busy, not as busy as 2019, but that's when I saw it to see, like, was it, is it, that's, that's a question. It was,
0: like, right before, like, COVID kind of came, like, that Correct. like, I remember, actually. It was, it was
1: in that time, and there was yeah. a lot of things that was going on, and I was yeah. like, okay, what's going on here? But then 2021, uh, it was, it was very busy, too. So, during the pandemic, um, things were so slow that it was, okay, so, back in 2020, things were so slow that I was like, okay, well, you know, we're doing our deliveries and everything, but... Thanksgiving, the holidays coming up. Let's do something special. Let's, let's create something special. So during the pandemic, uh I decided to make this uh baked chicken dish. You know what I didn't know how many people would buy because you know it's Thanksgiving. People want to eat um, turkey. turkey. You know, people want turkey. But then like in, 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 in Chinese, you in know, and at least in my family, we we don't really love turkey too much.
0: I feel like most Asians don't like. That much. yeah i don't
1: know what it is i don't know what it yeah, is you know i I I, I I do I, I do love it here's the thing is i do enjoy it even like if if i if i know that i'm not getting my turkey i still go to a market and i'll buy a slice by well, okay. stuffing turkey gravy and that'll be my you know just me and my wife we're not gonna be able to yeah. finish the whole turkey or if we're invited to a friend's place and they have turkey awesome oh, yeah. but growing up it wasn't something that we always had so was it chicken it was chicken or if they had turkey it was stuffed with sticky rice Uh, So there's a lot of little things here. So for the holidays, I was like, you know what, I'm going to create something. You know, my family always, you know, back in the day, we used to, instead of doing stuffing, they would use sticky rice. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to create this chicken dish, uh, which for me, I think will be more flavorful, more manageable, more smaller for, you know, for a smaller family. And it's during COVID, no one's gathering. So who's going to be buying a whole turkey from me? So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do a chicken. Uh, And I'm going to put all the most expensive ingredients I could, Think of without breaking the bank and making this a very special dish. So I was like, you know what? I have to have abalone. You know, mm-hmm. abalone in Chinese culture is always like very expensive. And then as a kid, there's this thing called like, this is like braised shiitake mushroom. Mm-hmm. It's like a very thick, like it's very meaty. It's it's, it's, just, it's just a braised dish. And as a kid, I actually love it. But we only could eat it during the holidays because it's expensive. The mushrooms are thick and they're expensive. And they only cook it for the holidays. But now that me being a chef, I was like, well, hey, I could just cook it whenever I want to. So I decided, you know, I'm gonna put the mushrooms, I'm gonna put the 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 abalone, dry scallops, sticky rice, uh and then I was like, I need some texture, I'll put some uh, roasted uh, chestnuts in there, everything. And then I'm like, okay, now now I wanna make it a feast. I wanna make it a surprise. So I was like, Okay, I'm gonna wrap it in lotus leaf and then I'm gonna wrap it in my boughs. You know, I'm you know, I, the boughs, the doughs that I make for my boughs. I'm gonna wrap this all and case it all together and oh. make it a special dish that you just kind of like carve and open and be, make a, a very surprise like here yeah. like ta-da, yeah, yeah. kind of thing and to be honest like i said
0: was like a lot of work it right? was a lot of work <laughs> and i didn't mind
1: because i had a lot of time yeah i had a lot of time and i didn't know you know what i'll just make it i don't know how many people is gonna buy everything we sold out in a day yeah. meaning that it was okay looking back it was like only like 40 i sold out in a day i was like okay fine it People wanted more, and I was like, um, okay, we started pre-selling for Thanksgiving, uh, for Christmas. So we started pre-selling for Christmas, and we upped it a little bit more, a little bit more, and then for Christmas, it, we sold out the same thing. Wow. Uh, and then people wanted it for, for Chinese New Year. But each time, I was like, oh my God. I I can't make it, because my restaurant is 500 square foot. I have no space to make anything during service time, because that's when they're there, my team's there. There's just no stove, no no kitchen space or anything. So. In order for me to do all this, I need to do it while it's closed, and we're closed at night. So I would oh. go in. I would go in at 9 p.m. and then work through the night until 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and then go the graveyard home graveyard shift. Graveyard shift because no one's there to bother me. I have the whole kitchen to myself. Yeah. I have all the space and everything. So I made it work. And like I said, it was like Thanksgiving sold out, Christmas uh, Christmas sold out. Then people wanted for Chinese New Year, and that's when 2021 that was also extremely busy year for us because we had that big chicken our first year time having a big chicken and I don't remember like I think it was like 90. Wow. And this was like a little up and up and I was like 90 I could only spread it out in extra like, I won't go sell it do a pickup in three days so meaning that I have to do multiple days of overnight shift before I only did like three days yeah. two or three days now I'm doing like a full five to seven days just oh, trying to no, get this thing going no. and people loved it and that's the thing is like okay well you know what I I tell myself, oh, well, you know, yeah, I could not offer this and give myself some rest and everything, but you know what? If people want it, why not? You know, I know I'm killing myself. I know this is extremely uh, labor-intensive, but you know what? I I, I think I enjoyed it. I, I love hearing how people, like, how special this dish is, how exciting this dish is, how different it is. I think that really gives me the energy to, like, you know what? It was all worth it. Hearing someone just tell me, like, you know what? That was an awesome dish. I think... That makes me feel like no matter how many nights I didn't get to sleep, it was all worth it. And given that the baby was only like you know less than a year old, so he was still very like you weren't even getting sleep anyway. <laughs> I wasn't getting any sleep, but he was very e- he was a lot easier to take yeah, yeah, care of. Yeah, yeah, he was he was he was I wasn't getting much sleep, but he wasn't that difficult yet. So I was able, good, I was good. able to get away. But this year was a little bit difficult because now he's like a taller, full on taller. I don't know if you guys see that like, you know covid babies are no longer babies they're like full-on toddlers running that's around that's
0: true because we've been, we've been in it for two years now so. yeah so
1: he's like he's like very energetic so even though i after i work a long night chef and everything he would just come into a room and be like dada dada and that's like poking my oh, face yeah. and i'll be like oh my god i just had like an hour of sleep or two <laughs> hours sleep, and he's already there waking me up and everything so it was it was harder this year because you know uh, i have more responsibility and and Things are getting a little bit busy at rice box that's true um uh, more are coming back things are coming back uh the, you know the kid is getting a little busier and things are a ha- lot happening so it for this year it was very exhausting you saw me the other day uh, you look dead I it takes oh, me. I'm dead. not I'm not the same age I'm not as young as I am before and it takes me a while like to recover recover it, it I was I I pulled 10 10 nights straight. From, From working like 9 to 10, 9, 9 p.m. 9, to 10 a.m. Kind of yeah, thing. 9 nine to 10, 9 to 11. It was like... And each day only got like 1 to 3 hours sleep. That's crazy. And that was... You were doing the prep all by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Because same time as this... Me, our company, Rice being so small, they, they all have a lot of responsibility. My team has a lot of responsibility. If I put it on them, it's a lot more work on them. Or if I keep them on longer, it's more expenses on my end. And I'm not making much money off of this dish. You know, if I start putting putting a lot of overtime on on my team and everything then, then, whatever, then, then whatever profit it whatever i could it, it, it just yeah, goes out the true. window so and this dish has been like people a lot of repeat guests so i don't want any um mistakes i, I don't have the opportunity i don't have the time to to train them properly to how to do the chickens yet yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. better for you know what i'll just do it for now and everything maybe later on when i have more locations or have more opportunities i'll, I'll have a bigger team or something then i don't have to stress as much but yeah. for now i just want to make sure everything's done correctly
0: okay i mean you mentioned locations this year i mean I think that's a great place to end this so this year in 22 what are your what are some of your goals what are you trying to do this year
1: we've been looking to expand we're yeah. definitely looking to expand you know i think um our first location 500 square foot was a good starting a point. humble humble space humble, it was a humble, humble space. space i i i like to say that you know it's a good starting point it, for, sure, for sure it gave us an idea and and kind of get my you know get your feet you know you, you set your grounds and i think it it kind of gave us an idea of what we are and who we are and what we could do so we're definitely looking to expand and we've been looking actively and so hopefully you know maybe next time we'll talk about this you know, you know we'll talk about the the new, location. new location and everything awesome. but yeah but we've been looking uh definitely definitely be west side definitely be somewhere um uh, away from our comfort zone maybe two f- the thing is i'm like being far from my comfort zone is great but then i'm like oh man i have to drive around <laughs> i'm like that's yeah, good that's the community yeah you don't you don't live close to that you're correct
0: yeah it's gonna get further for you well awesome dude i really appreciate you being on the podcast obviously i appreciate our friendship too man so thanks thanks for no, taking thank the
1: thank you man dude. thank you
0: so much bro Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Weekly Welcome. Of course, a special thank you to Leo for being on the pod. Uh, Again, I learned so much about him and his story. And um, I've just been a really big fan of Rice Box. And obviously the food is fantastic. But I think the mission and the values that Leo and Lydia both have. And uh, I have so much respect for them as operators and it seems like they always put their employees first and ahead of everything that they do. So kudos to them. And I can't wait to see what the store for this year and beyond. Um, if you haven't been, please go check it out. Again, amazing, amazing restaurant, family owned business. Um, I really have only good things to say about them. So thanks again, Leo. Really appreciate you. As for us, I'll see you next week on Wednesday for another episode of Weekly Welcome. Cheers.